All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown, joined here with CJ Yuri, and we're back. We haven't done a pod in quite some time. I've been off on a, uh, I was doing a job with the Four City Owls uh, over the last few months where we've been absent from the podcast. I was the play-by-play announcer over there, had a tremendous time, thankful to everyone who was there with me and spent time with me there, and thankful to everyone who gave me that opportunity. I went through about a 50-game schedule and uh, announced a bunch of baseball games in the Coastal Plain League, and hopefully it takes me somewhere else. It was a fantastic time, but that's where we've been. And CJ, in that time now, you're now a Michigan Wolverine, which, I mean, first off, you were a Heat fan, you're a Panther fan, you're a Dalton fan. Everyone who's listening, we know how into it you get with your teams, and now we're adding in Michigan to the mix. scares me a little bit here. <laughs> I mean, I, I I mean, I didn't know what to expect until I got here as to, um, you know, how, how deep into it I think I'd be. Um, I would say that the second that you get to Ann Arbor and you start moving in, I feel as if the town like and it's the town itself almost forces you into the uh, the fandom. Uh, you get here and the whole town is literally centered in and around the university and the campus. It's beautiful and it's, hey man, it's a way of life out here and it's hard to not get sucked in. So I feel it's creeping up on me. But once I go to my first game, uh, they sent me the student tickets, which is cool. Once I go to my first game, I feel like I'm going to be like, all right, yep, I'm I'm here. I'm in it. You know, I got some skin in the game with being a student. So I'm in. So yeah, it's exciting. So we we will see. Um, I might have to get into some heated, uh, arguments about them, but we'll, <laughs> we will cross that bridge when we get there. Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll listen. I don't like Michigan. Uh, I just, I always grew up watching Michigan state football. It's the obvious rivalry there. And just kind of a long time. I've disliked Michigan plus Jim Harbaugh. I mean, man, there's going to be a lot to talk about as the season goes on. And of course they won the big 10 last year. So they're coming off a great season. They got to repeat. And Harbaugh's got to do it to keep his job as well. So let's shift in, though, to the NFL. So preseason football is underway. We are finally here. Um, it's been a long time. It feels like a long time this time, even though actually it's been a shorter amount of time in the NFL offseason than we've ever had with the Super Bowl happening a week later than it ever has. But for some reason to me, it just feels like forever since we've watched NFL football Barely watched preseason last week. I never really watch it. It just is boring, especially now with teams realizing, hey, I don't think we should play any of our starters. Look what happened to Zach Wilson two weeks ago. I mean, there's an example every season of what happens when you play your starters in training camp. So to me, it's never had much value. So for me, the season doesn't start until we get to September, but it's fun to talk about it now. We're in, hey, it's time to do those mock drafts season. We get the fantasy football league started up. That's the time of year we're in, which means we got to talk about the way the league's going to shake up. And this morning, actually, I was thinking about your team, CJ, the Miami Dolphins. And I watched, that's the only preseason game I watched. It was Dolphins and Bucks. And when I saw Sony Michelle on the field, I was like, they got Sony Michelle too? Because I already knew they signed Chase Edmonds. You have Miles Gaskin already. Uh, uh, they brought in another running back as well. It's escaping my mind. Oh, oh uh, Mostert. Yeah, Raheem Mostert. Right. And, and so I thought, I was like, wait a second, they got four running backs. You bring in Tyree Kill and Cedric Wilson to add to Jalen Waddle. You have a few other receivers that might not be expected to carry the load, but they're great depth receivers. I mean, I saw Muhammad Sanu on there this morning. I was like, whoa, they have Muhammad Sanu as a vet presence in the receiving core too. Then Mike Gesicki. But 
then you look at the rest of the AFC and you think, wait a second, as good as the Dolphins look, they might not even have a playoff spot because of how good the AFC is. I mean, you look at it, it's probably four to five, not just good teams, but really good teams are going to miss the AFC playoffs. And I think the Dolphins might be that one of those victims, although I, I do like what Mike McDaniel's doing. He's already implementing San Francisco's offensive plan into Miami with the four running backs, with a quarterback who, like Jimmy G, we've talked about this plenty of times on the pod, CJ, about how Mike McDaniel's worked with a quarterback that's not exactly going to throw the football down the field, who's going to be kind of similar to how Tua is. So overall point is, though, there's a lot of teams we're about to talk about in the AFC, including your Dolphins, that are really good, but they might be victim of how good the conference is. No, I look, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, you know how biased I am, but I try to keep it as legit as possible. Um, I had said that the Dolphins last year would make the playoffs and be there in the wild card. Was it, did that come true? No, but they were one game off the wild card. I mean, that's two years in a row. Um, But I look, I got to say this and I, I hope I don't sound insensitive, but you have to be borderline a really terrible and just a slow moronic quarterback to not be able to succeed with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, who is like a mini Tyreek Hill. I mean, you have almost like a clone of each other Yep. on uh, like, which is insane. I think that Miami boasts the fastest offense in the NFL. Mostert is the fastest running back in the NFL when he's healthy. Uh, and they're going to do some load management with him. I know McDaniel rates him very highly. Uh, I, you know, Chase Edmonds for a pass catching back. He's a, he's just purely pass catching back. I mean, he's one of the best pass, pass catching backs in the NFL. Like his hands are great. Um, it's funny. I make a joke with my friends. I find that the uh, Miami Dolphins backfield is like, I call them a whole lot of mid. It's just a yeah. bunch of guys that are like mid tier backs, but it's kind of good. It's good because goal line and like third and ones fourth you know third and two or you know even just a first and ten and you just you want to pick up like a good chunk of four or five yards you got sony michelle and he's just gonna barrel into you he's a workhorse okay is he at every down back no he doesn't have the hands he doesn't have the speed but he is a young type of what they're what they wanted from malcolm brown last year was a guy that can on on the goal line on you know close close distance runs or even just first and tens for a quick chunk of play chunk, chunk of yardage he didn't turn out to be that guy and the o-line sucked but it's improved but sony michelle is the upgraded version of that in my opinion you got mostert and edmonds and then i think the odd man out in this whole situation is miles gaskin i think that he might find a new home at some point this season um so we'll see but yeah, I mean, when you think about it, this Dolphins team, I, I think is right there with the best teams in terms of the roster. I mean, if you asked me, I would take the Dolphins defense over the Bills defense any day of the week because even the Dolphins, with Von Miller over there. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I mean, I'm a huge I'm a huge Von Miller guy, but think about it this way. I would rather have the best secondary in the league in at the very least top three. I mean, you have Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and then you've got uh, Javon Holland and Brandon Jones at safety who led the league in sacks for a secondary duo. So, and I love the pass rusher, the pass rushing. You got Ogba, then you got you, we added in Melvin Ingram. And then yeah. you also have Jalen Phillips who had nine, eight, eight and a half or nine sacks last year as a rookie. He's going to get even better. I mean, the, all the pieces are there. 
Plus, okay. not to mention uh, Teron Armstead on the offensive line. Teron Armstead at left tackle, and I think that Christian Wilkins is going to be in the conversation at nose tackle, D tackle, to for you know all pro or all pro second team. He's that good. He had incredible incredible numbers, and they interviewed all the players on the defense, and they asked him. They asked them, who's the breakout candidates here? Who's going to get national recognition? And all of them pretty much said Christian Wilkins. So in my opinion, it's all there, right? And you make a good point. They are um, implementing the Mike McDaniel offense where, you know, the shots down the field might not are, are few, but they connect. I actually, and on, on like here, let me ask you this question. Have you been seeing any of the videos of, of Tua at, at practice? On Twitter, you know, I'll scroll through, watch, go to something else. Exactly. It's really yeah. just Twitter, right? Yeah. And to to be fair, almost all of his highlights are deep balls. And I think that they're having a merit out. And Jacob, as you remember at Alabama, I mean, look, let's be honest, that those Alabama teams of two of those two seasons where he was um just airing it out oh, to, yeah. to to Jerry Judy, to um Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, the list goes on, man. Like, and I'm talking like these were lasers. These were bombs down the field. He throws a pretty, really pretty deep ball. He was never, he's never been a guy that like literally just cocks his arm back and throws a free. Right. He's not gonna have an Aaron Rodgers deep ball. Well, I think that it's it, no, because Aaron Rodgers' deep ball, if he wants it to get there extremely fast, it's gonna get there fast. Right. I would say that Tua's deep ball is much more similar to Russell Wilson, where it's going to touch the freaking sky and it's going to come down in the breadbasket, right? But Tua's not that Josh Allen. He's not that Dak Prescott type quarterback where they're going to stick it between the numbers in a 20, a 20 to 30 yard rope, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's not him. He's extremely good on the out routes to the sideline. He has a, in my opinion, a very good deep ball that just hasn't been tapped into yet because the offense was ridiculously dumb last year. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think roster wise, the Dolphins are right there with the top three rosters in the AFC. Tyree killed Jalen Waddle, the Taron Armstead, Connor Williams inside the running backs. And then you got Mike Kosicki at tight end. I'm sorry, but you got like, and then the defense, like, you know, I, I hear you. And, and, you know, Buffalo, I think still last year, if I remember correctly, they were number one in the NFL in points per game allowed. And they're adding Von Miller. So I think they're still, a strong defense and I think them and Miami are really going to compete but in terms of offensive repertoire Miami blows Buffalo out of the water other than quarterback and that tells you what the difference is between having a quarterback you know Josh Young can basically do it with Stephon Diggs and that's it and Tua needs everything around him and you're still sitting here thinking okay are they going to make the playoffs it really just centers all around Tua no, I, I agree. And I do. And I do like I get frustrated, but I also find that there's a lot of truth to it when people are like, well, Tua needs all this or whatever. But look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen's numbers were pure dog shit prior to Tua coming or pri prior not to a prior yeah, to digs coming to Buffalo. Yeah. Pri like they were worse than Tua's, right? Yeah. And Tua the year before last year had no one to throw the ball to. And then they draft Jalen Waddle, but they don't surround Jalen Waddle with anything other than Mike Kosicki. Devontae Parker is, is always injured. Will Fuller played, played, I think one full quarter the entire season last year, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Preston Williams gets on the field, makes one good play. He's already off the field. You've now added in, a plethora of wide receivers, right? Tyreek Hill, who, in my opinion, and most defensive coordinators' opinion, the most dynamic receiver in the NFL. He's arguably uncoverable. He's actually uncoverable in a one-on-one. -on -one. You got to double the guy. 
Plus you add in Jalen Waddle. And then I love this. I love the signing of Cedric Wilson as that sneaky third option. I mean, he was good in, in Dallas. He was like 650 to 750 yards in a crowded offense that had Dalton Schultz had a breakout year. Then you obviously have CD lamb and Amari Cooper list goes on. So the, all the pieces are there and you're on. And I hate to say this, but cause you don't draft a quarterback at, at the fifth overall pick for this, but you're almost telling Tua like, dude, you don't got to do much. You like you, you just don't turn the ball over. Uh, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That that's got to be what the plan is. And they, I think they know that he's limited, and they got him a coach that can work with that type of style. And that seems to be what they're doing so far. So the Dolphins I, are going to be in that AFC wild card mix, but we're going to move on and talk about some other AFC wild card contenders. One uh, last thing I'd like. One to last thing here before we go on. I don't. I think as a pure passer of the football, I don't think two is limited. I do not. But we are in a league that it is nice and almost becoming somewhat of a requirement for your quarterback to be able to move outside of the pocket and pick up a first down with his legs. That is where Tua is one hundred percent limited. He is not a good runner. But as a thrower, I he's you're asking him in this offense to be a better Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo made a Super Bowl and an NFC championship the last couple of years. If you're telling me that Tua just has to be better than that, which I think he is way more talented than Jimmy G, you're in a great spot. I believe the Dolphins go 11 and six this year. They have a great year. I think that offense is going to be explosive and almost unstoppable for the most part. They're going to move the ball at will. And that defense is a good match for it. I have them at 11 and six. And then I think the floor is 10 wins. I really do. That the team is just too good. So that's all. Yeah, and, and so let's move on here and talk about what other teams could be in that mix. So I think we've both come to the conclusion, I think the AFC East is the Bills to have. It's Josh Allen, and they're going to win that division. For sure. The Patriots and Jets, not really going to be in the mix this year, even though the Patriots made the playoffs last year. Everyone went into last year thinking this is it for the Patriots. They have no chance, no more Brady, no offensive weapons. And what did they do? They made the playoffs. But there's there was not that depth in the AFC that there is this year. I think New England probably around a 500 team, if we're being completely honest. They have virtually no offensive weapons. Uh, they did get Devontae Parker from your Dolphins, but that might be their most notable wide receiver threat. That's not a good thing going into a season. Uh, don't see the Patriots making much noise uh, out there. So AFC, I think that the Patriots will have a top 10 pick. I I, I do. It'll be like They probably eight. want that. It'll be between like 8 and 12. But the thing is, is like as the Patriots, though, like it, that's just not where Bill Belichick's going to be good at p- picking players. He's always he's always one of those guys that's like towards the middle back end of the draft, if not the Larry very last pick of the draft. And they're just getting these guys like diamonds in the rough. I, I the the last draft pick in the first round was such a head scratcher to me. I was like, what in the frick <laughs> are they doing? And you don't, like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. You look at what the rest of the AFC East is looking like. I like the Jets roster more than I like the, the Patriots roster, in all honesty. Will the Jets play better than the Patriots? Probably not, but I like the roster more. Then you look at the Dolphins and the Bills. Patriots just can't match up. I mean, freaking Mac Jones got swept by a bad, bad Dolphins offense last year. Just a, like defense was good, but the offense was really bad. Like struggled yeah, to move yeah. the ball. No, like outside of Jalen Waddle, if he wasn't happening, it was Gasicki. And if that didn't happen, then it was nothing going forward. And the Patriots just, they they sucked. So I'm just saying, I agree with you. I, I think they're not going to make much noise at all. Yeah. And, and the Jets might suffer a little bit too. Mackie Becton not going to play this season either on the offensive Tragic. line, which this could have been such a 
development year for him, give him another year to work with Zach Wilson and get comfortable. But nope, that's not going to happen. And Zach Wilson right now dealing with his own injury issues may or may not be ready for week one. But again, they won't be a factor in the AFC playoff race, at least this year. AFC North, this is a very interesting division. Much like the Patriots, I think another team that before last year, you went in, you thought, okay, this is it for them. They're getting older. Big Ben's on his final year. They don't look like they have the weapons that they used to have. And you kind of cast the Steelers and the Patriots off before last season. I think this is the year, though, where you're going to have to cast off the Steelers. Big Ben's gone. Mitch Trubisky is in as the quarterback. I actually low-key think Mitch Trubisky might be better for this team. You had a guy last year in Big Ben who couldn't throw and couldn't move. At least Mitch Trubisky can move. You don't know if he can throw or not. At least he can move and provides that sort of dynamic to the offense. Juju is gone, but they dealt most of last year without Juju. I don't think that affects them that much. And Najee Harris is going to have to carry most of that offense, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough this year. The Ravens are going to come back. They're going to have Lamar Jackson, hopefully, if he's healthy, for the whole season. But I don't think the Ravens make the playoffs either. You look at their offensive weapons, they have nothing. I mean, I, I looked at Baltimore this morning. They have Rashad Bateman and DeVernay as wide receivers with Andrews at tight end. You have to hope that J.K. Dobbins comes back healthy this year. There's too many moving parts here for Baltimore. I mean, I almost look, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking, hey, he's going for this contract right now. As part of those negotiations, I'm saying, get me a threat because you just traded away my number one threat in Marquise Brown over to Arizona to a quarterback who is most compared to me in Kyler Murray. It's kind of wonky what they're doing, Lamar's receivers over in Baltimore. Then you look at the Cleveland situation. That's hectic right now. You don't, we, we know for sure at least six games for Deshaun Watson. We've heard rumors floated out. It could turn into the whole season. So we're hearing, could they go for Jimmy G, make that move? So I, I don't really know what to say about the Browns right now until that's solved. But I almost still feel like they're not a playoff team because of that. Now, I, I, if they get Jimmy G, from what I understand, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL for the first six weeks. Okay. I mean, if you have Jimmy G, you could start him the whole year. There you go. And maybe the Browns are a playoff team because I think they're the best roster in the AFC North, but it needs a quarterback to lead it. So that needs to be solved as far as I'm concerned before I make a prediction. So right now, I think that means as weird as it feels, I think the Bengals win the North. I think there's a lot of potential here for this team to fall down. They were very, they were way better than a lot of people thought last year. So that's why I think it feels weird to just put them at the top even though they made the AFC championship, they were this close to making the Super Bowl. They beefed up their O-line, so their roster's better than last year. But I still think with what's in that division, it's not a lock for the Bengals to win. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that that division right now runs through Cincinnati, which is crazy if you would have asked me that a couple years ago. with Last year. If, yeah, if you would have asked me that last year this time, that, hey, look, the, the vision for the foreseeable future is going to run through Cincinnati. I'd be like, no way. I mean, Lamar Jackson's in Baltimore. You got the Steelers in the way they play. I mean, you know, and then, heck, even the Browns were looking like they were turning the corner. I'm like, this division's a bloodbath. Now, all of a sudden, you got a Browns team, which I actually think will definitely be affected very negatively by the Deshaun Watson stuff. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be ongoing and just, you're going to get on that field and you're going to get in 
to whenever Deshaun comes back, and even heck, even before there's any opposing arena you go into, there's going to be them or at the stadium. There's going to be the signs. There's going to be people booing. They're going to be, you know, it's like you're literally. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And I look look at what how, how it affected the Dolphins last year. Way too much Deshaun Watson trade rumor stuff. Way it too much negative big. press. And and it and it genuinely took a toll. And there's been a lot of players and there's been a lot of beat writers around or, uh, Miami that have said that this stuff really took a toll and it, and it divided the locker room. That stuff freaking sucks. So I think it'll negatively affect them. I've got this division going this way. Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Wow. I actually, I, I think the Browns too much pressure uh, on them and they're not going to have a Amari Cooper too. Amari Cooper. And if they don't bring in Jimmy G, that means they're going to start the year with Jacoby Brissett. That's not good. Not We're good. in a passing league. You can't run Nick Chubb too much. Kareem Hunt asked for a trade. Who knows if that's going to happen? And then you have a defense where I don't even like the secondary. The pass rush is elite. Might be the best in the, in the NFL. Top five, at least. And then you have a linebacking court that's pretty good. But you're, you're, you're basically asking a defense. You can't have a lousy game because as an offense, with Jacoby Brissett, a quarterback, you could have Nick Chubb could run for 150 and two touchdowns. And that's an incredible day, but that's still only 14 points. Yeah. Like that's not going to win. That's not going to win you anything. So you're asking Jacoby Brissett to now be a mistake free. And on top of that, like throw a couple touchdowns every game. I don't, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think the Browns will come on big time at the end of the year when it gets cold and it gets windy and they're going to play a hard defense and a hard nose running game. But guess what? You're not going to have to Sean for at the very least the first six weeks of the season. And I can guarantee you it's going to be hard for Jacoby Brissett to keep up with the offensive demands of today's NFL. I watched so, him so last year. What about year. the Ravens though? What about Lamar having no weapons? Yeah. The last thing I'll say about Jacoby Brissett, I like the guy. He's a gamer, but unfortunately I saw him last year when two was out and that Dolphins offense looked absolutely atrocious. Now go forward. The Ravens. I think you hit the nail on the head. Unfortunately, I think, I think they're one of those organizations that's never going to be that bad. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Okay. You can't, you're not going to go below 500, maybe a game below 500, nothing more than that. That's your, that's your literal floor. Cause you're, you have a good team. You, the Ravens are a good football team. Okay. But you're right. I mean, they don't have any threats. I mean, I didn't even like Hollywood Brown as a threat, but he was a speedster. He's going right. to get open. He was... and he's a guy you have to watch on the defense. You took that away. You didn't really add anything in. I like Rashad Bateman. He was injured with a big injury last year. Did not come on to like week eight or week nine. Um, I hopefully he's fully healthy. I'd like to see what he can do. Mark Andrews, obviously a huge threat, but hey, you can't survive in today's NFL with your with your tight end want tight end being your number one target and then not supporting him. Obviously, in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill gone, Travis Kelsey is the number one, but they have they supplemented that and they platooned it a little bit with Juju Smith. They put it, you know, they've got um Nicole Hartman. They've got like, you know, they they have players. I mean, Marquez Valdez Scantling goes over to the Chiefs. I mean, yeah. you've got you know what I mean? The Ravens don't have that. So I think for me, I think the Ravens are like five hundred or maybe a game above five hundred, which I think to your point earlier, I don't think that that's good enough to get into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's kind of our outlook there on the AFC North, AFC South now. This is an interesting division too. Houston out of the picture. They're not gonna do much this year. Jacksonville, I think they're going to have a major development year. I don't think they're going to be as bad as people think. They had an interesting offseason where they kind of traded. They didn't trade with a team specifically, but they kind of exchanged similar level wide receivers. So it's not like they got better at receivers, but they just lost some of their guys. 
and brought in similar guys to replace. And now you have Etienne coming back this year for Trevor Lawrence. So we'll get to see the Clemson battery in the NFL this year. So I think for them, just like the Jets, just development year, see where you can get and wherever they slot in the draft is where you slot. Now you look at the Titans. This is another team where it's hard to say, you know, they were the number one seed in the AFC last season. I don't think they're making the postseason this year. You lose AJ Brown, you lose Julio Jones, which Julio Jones was not a major uh, 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 asset for them last season. Not like that was a big deal, but they got worse losing AJ Brown. And much like Baltimore, they don't have many weapons. You, you bring in Robert Woods from LA, but he's coming off an injury. So if he's your number one receiver, that's not that great of a look for Ryan Tannehill, who kind of needs that support. I, I just don't see Tennessee making it because I think you need to win your division to make the playoffs in the AFC South. And I think the Colts, they have the better – and the Colts, you know, CJ, every year I come on and I talk about the Colts and I talk about how they have the best roster and the best linebacking core and the top 5-0 line, and they never put it together, ever. And, and I look like a dummy every year saying that they're going to make it and their GM's smart and they got the perfect head coach. And I thought Wentz was going to work, and it didn't work. But now I think Matt Ryan – He's got to be the guy that works here. I mean, th this is a guy who, even at, at Atlanta last year, you could still say he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL when he's on. Th this is a move for the Colts that if you don't win the division or you don't make the playoffs this year, you almost got to blow the thing up. W what else can you do? This is Matt Ryan at this point. Yeah, th I still think that you're just seeing in this organization the aftermath of that, like, just horrific, uh, you know, news that they got that Andrew Luck was walking away from football. Not easy. Um, they tried to fix it with Phillip Rivers just for a year, bridge year, gap year, you know. Didn't really work out. Um, you had Carson Wentz last year that didn't work out. And now you got Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is, in my opinion, the best of the three. Oh, and, yeah. And... Matt Ryan, look, the guy's good. Matt Ryan's good. He's a great leader. Uh, who knows what's left in that tank? I mean, I'm sure a couple more seasons of good football. So I definitely think that the Colts are in position to win the division, but I can't sit here and say the Titans are for sure not making the playoffs because you never know what happens in that division. Vrabel's a great coach. They're tough to play in late season in Nashville. You never know. You can walk into that um, stadium and it can randomly be extremely cold. You never know. So I'm um I'm I'm holding out hope here for the Titans. I, I I like the Titans. I like what they're what what they got going on. I mean, they added in Robert Woods. I know they lost uh, AJ Brown. Robert Woods is not a slouch. He's pretty freaking good. Uh, and then you get you're gonna have a healthy Derrick Henry back. So I mean, as the team as an offense, you'd probably like a little bit more firepower. But that's just not who the Titans are. They're gonna run the ball down your throat. They're gonna have Tannehill randomly, you know, throw a dime, and then you're you know. Next thing you know, another you're down thing, though, you know, the, the, the Titans, though, they lost Austin Johnson, who was a, 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 an important part of that defense. And we know that they've been a problem at times. I think that, I don't know, I just feel like with Tennessee, they lost so badly in the playoffs. You know, it, it's just like you were the number one seed. Everything's going right for you, and you still didn't make it farther in the postseason. And you lose A.J. Brown. That's a big deflator. I don't know. It, it's it's going to be interesting. But – before we even talk about the AFC West, knowing that there's four teams out in that division that could win the division, you're talking Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, um, the fourth team. Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, 
and Chargers, all four teams can win that division. So would you agree, though, that you probably do have to win the division in the South to make the playoffs? Probably. Yep. I, I, mean, I, would, if, I would have if, to agree. I'd have so to let, agree with that. So who, who would we say is going to win the AFC? Well, look, could we agree on Chargers, let's just say, for sake of argument, I guess. Would you say Chargers, would you say could win the division? No. no. I, I mean, okay. right. look, it could be it could be any of those four. That, that division's a bloodbath. I see all of those divisional series, all those two games that they have to play against each other, I could see all of them being one and one. Like, Broncos against the Chiefs, one and one. Broncos against the against the Chargers, one and one. But, you know, list goes down. Raiders, same thing. Those teams are really good. I actually have the Broncos winning the division this year. I nice. The defense is incredible. Uh, that offense is good. I mean, Judy, Sutton, you got two really good running backs, and the O-line's pretty darn good. Russell Wilson coming in. He's coming into an amazing situation. I think I've got the Broncos winning that division. Um but hey, look, I think I think I like it's going to be crazy because one of these teams are going to be like the odd man out and not make the playoffs. Like I could see wow. three of these four teams make the playoffs and then you're like, holy crap, because that division's insane. But you're going to literally need like because of how good that division is and they're in an arms race with each other. You literally need to be on your game outside of the division, outside of your division. You need to win. You can only you're only afforded a couple losses, maybe one or two or three, three maximum outside of your division. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, and so but it, I almost thought while you're talking right there, could all four teams in the West make it? But if they're beating up on each other, that's what might take it out of it. Not exactly. that they're not as good as other teams that might make it, but they might beat up on each other. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think all four can make it. It's so rare. It's crazy. So who misses? Um, uh, so I. I think that the Chargers make it. I think the Broncos make it as well. Is it actually like, are we deciding between the Chiefs and the Raiders? And this is where this is where I was leading to this whole time. Will the Chiefs miss the postseason? I would be shocked if they did, but dude, I don't like that roster anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't. Like the defense <laughs> is is not that good. It bends a lot and it does break, and the O-line is good. It's good, right? Your run your run game is good. Maybe average. I'd say it's average. It's totally average, the run game. But that's not their offense. You lost Tyreek Hill. That's a huge loss. They just cut Demarcus Robinson today. So it's like, I don't know. I like the Raiders roster more than I like the Chiefs. Now, obviously, Mahomes is the best quarterback in that division. So who knows? I mean, look, we're saying this now. They could go on and win the division. But I would say the Raiders missed the playoffs. I don't like the Raiders secondary. I think it gets chewed up this year. I think the I think out of all of those teams, the one most likely to go zero and two against somebody is the Raiders. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I would say it's, it's the Raiders so that tough. missed the playoffs. Which it's and they so have a fantastic tough. roster, but I just can't I can't sit here on on the podcast and say Mahomes is going to be fourth in that division. Like right. no, I, but I I will say out loud I like the Raiders roster better than I like the Chiefs. Yeah, that, like that's where I'm at. I'm exactly where you're at. It, it's so tough to say it publicly. Chiefs are making the playoffs. I'm not going to, I'm with you. I'm not going to go there, but it's close. There's definitely that argument to be had because not only is the roster worse, but they struggled in the regular season last year. They, they had to rally at the end of the year, and then they started turning into the Chiefs when in the final five, six weeks, I think they went undefeated, or maybe final seven weeks, maybe it was, but the, that first half of the season, they were up, down, up, down. 
So th this is going to be an interesting ride, but that's what we mean. There's going to be teams that miss the playoffs. So let's just say Dolphins are one of the wild card teams and you have two from the AFC West. So let's just say it's Chiefs and Chargers and we'll go with your pick. Broncos win the AFC West. And at that point, you would have the Titans, the Raiders, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, all of those teams missing the playoffs. That's a lot of talent in the AFC. The AFC is an absolute bloodbath. It is very, very, very deep. And there, there are so many good teams and heck there's some surprise teams that you can, you, you never know. I mean, who knows, man? Like, look, the Jaguars could put it all together this year and somehow squeak out that division. Like, you don't know. Like, like the like Trevor Lawrence could be like, oh wow, like that guy's on the scene now. He's really good. They steal a couple games here and there against their division. Maybe they sweep one of the Colts or the or the Titans somehow on a crazy day, and then boom, look who's look who is right there at the end, like hovering around five hundred or hovering around potentially, you know, winning the division. So yeah, no, the AFC is really brutal. And you know what? That's why I really respect what Chris Greer did. Screw those damn draft picks down the line. This is crazy. The fans are dying and dying for a playoff win. We haven't seen in 20 plus years. Like you got the most explosive wide receiver in the NFL. Like you, you paid the best left tackle on the market. You know, you got Melvin Ingram. Go, go on, man, go on and, and, and make some noise. So it's, it's crazy time, but I got to tell you, like once we hit Christmas, like, it is going to be people on the AFC. Most fan bases are going to be checking their phone for the other scores around the league, refreshing left and right. Oh yeah. It's going to be like that all year. And it's almost like it's now there's going to be teams that are left out in the NFC, I guess, but maybe one or two teams that are good are going to be left out of the NFC. It's almost polar opposite when you look over to the NFC. So we're going to get into that right now very quickly. So let's shift gears to the NFC. Let's start out with the NFC East. Interesting division. Again, I think all these divisions this year, every year you have new outlooks of how these teams look. But the NFC East this year particularly is interesting. I look at the commanders and their team last year that kind of floated around 500. I don't think they're much of a factor this year. I don't see Carson Wentz leading them anywhere. He tried to do that in Indianapolis last year, couldn't get there. Um, I look at the Giants in that division. They're my Giants. No hope. Zero hope with the New York Giants. Really don't want to spend much time on them either. I think Daniel Jones is done at quarterback. This is it. This is his last shot. If it were me, go get Jimmy G. The NFC is very light to where you're not going to have many teams competing for the wild card. Your division's weak. Why not go get Jimmy G and, and try and compete? But I think they know if they took an honest look at the roster, that Jimmy G is not the one who's going to come in and make them a playoff team. It's going to be a little bit before that happens. So the, the fight in this division will be between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles right now to me. I think the Eagles are the better team. First year coach last year led their team to the playoffs. Hard to predict winning the division the next year. Sometimes a first year coach will take a step back in year two, um, but I think they're good enough to make it. They made it the addition with AJ Brown. And I think more so what this means is the Cowboys took too much of a step back, lost too many guys for me. I think the Eagles are going to win the NFCs. Wow. Um, I am not a big believer in the Eagles. Um, I think that, you know, they're always like the, with the way the NFC is, I mean, they're, they're going to make the playoffs, but I just, 
Cowboys are really good. Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the division, head and shoulders above Jalen Hurts. I would go with um I think that the Eagles are going to be closer to the Commanders than they are the than they are the Cowboys this year. That's just me. Wow. I mean, you know, it's just Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory. There's guys that Dallas lost. Connor Williams, Cedric Wilson. So they lost some dudes. And last year, and I think the reason why, too, for me, is last year was that year, much like the Rams, where that was the last year where you could pay all of those talented players at one time and have that stacked of a roster. And now you're taking that step back. So if you couldn't do it before, how can I expect you to do it now? But they did still win the division last year. So it is a tough point to make, but I think it will be tight, tighter than you think in the NFC East. NFC North, man, uh, the Bears and Lions are going to be two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, The top two teams, though, I I think there's going to be a really contentious fight for this first place spot in the NFC North. I think the Packers still have it, but the Vikings have a much better roster. I don't think there's any question about that. They're better running back. They're better in the receiving core. They're better at tight end. They're better defensively. I mean, Green Bay lost Devontae Adams and and Zadarius Smith. And Zadarius Smith went to the Vikings. But much like with the Chiefs, it's hard for me to sit here and say that Aaron Rodgers is not going to win the division and make the playoffs. I think they still will. But I think the Vikings will be a wild card team. Yep, I agree. Actually, I, I... I I think that the Vikings win the division. I don't like what's going on in Green Bay. Um, I think that uh, the wide receiver situation is bad. I don't like Aaron Rodgers' public comments about like wide receivers and route running and the balls dropped. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a weird season in that locker room. You know, I'm sure. Like, look, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the most. He's top three, top two most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Him and Mahomes right there with Josh Allen. I just. Something going on there, man. It doesn't see this is just this seems like the year that breaks up the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I think like he like something happens this year on the first year of a four year extension, too. I know it's a four year (laughs) extension, but like, dude, Devontae Adams is gone. Like Valdez Scaling's gone. I mean, he's got Alan Lazard, but I don't know. I I, I just I, I like to I like to look at complete rosters. Right. And the Vikings are much more complete roster than the Packers. Um, I mean, the Vikings have a more complete roster than the Eagles, I would say, than agreed three teams in the NFC South. So they're a good team. Yep, I completely agree. So we'll see what goes on there. But I, I got the Vikings winning that division with the Packers right behind them, like a game out from them, right. game or two out. A game out. So we got the NFC South now. I think the Bucks overwhelmingly, they will win. They're adding Julio Jones. And once that receiving core is healthy, you'll have Evans. Uh, with Julio Jones and, oh man, Chris Godwin. There he is. That's the name. Gronk is gone, but you still have Cameron Brait at tight end. The running back core lost Ronald Jones, but you still have Fournette. They're still in it. They're the Bucks. It's Tom Brady. Not much to say about that. They got to win the division. Uh, I, and Saints, I think they're yeah. in the same boat for me. Two decent teams with decent rosters and decent quarterbacks. And they'll be right in the mix for that wild card, but I think they'll probably miss. I actually have the Saints competing for this division. I think it, I think the Bucks Ooh. will win the division, but I've got the Saint. I got the Saints right there. The Saints are the Saints. I think are like Camara looks like he he's going to be fine legally this year, and um, it's gonna you know when you have an offense of Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, just got Chris, 
Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. I mean, that that offense is is looking like they're going to score. I mean, Jameis Winston will turn the ball over, but he's going to sling it. So I actually like the Saints to keep up with the Bucks this year, and it'll be like a photo finish for that division. Hey, that, that's respectable right there. You know, they, they've got more than you think, but they also did lose to Ron Armstead at left tackle. So that's, a, to me, a major loss for a team that depends on Kamara for a lot of its production. They're going to have to make sure that's all short up in New Orleans. Carolina with Baker. I think that's going to be more drama than anything. McCaffrey has to stay healthy, um, but we'll see over there. There's already dr- sort of drama that's kind of being mended between Robbie Anderson and Baker Mayfield, but we'll see as the season plays out. And then the NFC West, much like the AFC West, got a lot of teams out there that are going to compete. Seattle, they're going to be, I think, the worst team in the league. I think they're worse than Houston. They have the worst quarterback options. They're going to be bad. They're, they want that number one pick and the number one option, a quarterback in the draft. It's probably true. And so I look at that division. It's going to be tight. You have San Francisco, Arizona, L.A., the defending Super Bowl champions. L.A. added Allen Robinson. Uh, I, If it were me, I, I, I think Odell Beckham's going to come back when he's healthy. They just don't want him on the cap right now. But that's later in the season. You have to think about that. But L.A., they're defending Super Bowl champions. You lose Von Miller and you bring in, and I'm – it's escaping me who they added. Um, they added a big defender. I'll have to get the name on that, but they're a good team. I think the Rams win the division. I think that San Francisco comes. And, and so actually, here's the here's the question here. Can San Francisco make the playoffs with Trey Lance? Yeah, because that roster is really good. They, that that roster is really good. They got they locked up Debo Samuel, so I, I think yeah, I think that they'll be fine. Um, right. So we got and, and that the NFC sucks. So I would say from that from that division, I mean, I think you have all three teams make the playoffs. I think the Cardinals, the Niners, and the Rams make the playoffs. Yeah, and so then I guess at that point you would have so in your situation you have the Vikings winning the North with the Cowboys winning the East. So do you have the Packers or the Eagles as that final playoff team? Packers, Eagles, Eagles, yeah, for sure, for sure. Right, hey, that's interesting, right there. I've got, I've got Packers winning the division, Eagles winning the East, and then Vikings is that final or uh, one of the three wild card spots. So yeah, that's the NFC. And then before we go, I know you have, you're running short on time, but you got to talk about Matthew to Chuck, Jonathan Uberdo. Your thoughts on that before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, real quick. I mean, uh, look, I, I have to say it was a shrewd business move. I mean, I think that Barkov, like the, the interview from the other day, he clearly looked a little bit blindsided by it. I don't know if he if it fully sat right with him. He said Huberto and Uyghur were her, were his best friends on the team. He literally traded both of them away. I mean, I understand the emotional value. It hurts. But anybody that knows Panthers hockey, anybody that watches it closely, or if you're just a big NHL fan, you know damn well that Jonathan Huberto last playoffs absolutely disappeared he disappeared because he does not have a game outside of scoring he's not that good defensively and on top of that he doesn't hit he doesn't score the the garbage goals when you look at this i would say that the to chuck for huberto straight up i would have done any day of the week 
Chichok is 24. He's going to play with Barkov throughout both of their primes. They are going to have fruitful careers. I'm talking they 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 could win a cup down here together, maybe, or two, that this organization is set up for success. You have Spencer Knight waiting in the wings at, at goalie. He's probably the best young goalie prospect in the world. And, um, you know, you have some guys coming up on the defense. I mean, if they could just find somebody to pair up with Gustav Forsling on the on D pair two, because Uyghur's now gone, um, and then Shirat find somebody, Sharat. I mean, Sharat was so bad. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you got to just basically what you're looking at right now is like Brovsky, you're going to get off the books in like a year or two. Okay. You'll find a way to get him off the books. And look, I mean, you added in a guy that even, even if Tuchuk is not scoring or assisting, he is never not going to be noticed on the ice. You paid a premium for a player's 24, just posted 107 points, and you know he's going to protect your team. And on top of that, he's going to score. Like, you you basically just got the ascended Super Saiyan version of Tom Wilson. That is something that every team in the NFL would want to Or, uh, or, or Lomberg on steroids. Lomberg on quadruple steroids. I mean, look. You have a team now that you've assembled that has a lot of grit in it. I mean, you look at so Chuck will probably play on a line with Sam Bennett to level out the scoring. Duclair will come back mid-year. Okay, he was a 33-34 goal scorer last year. Great player. So then you're going to have probably a second line of Tuchuk, Bennett, Duclair. Tuchuk and Bennett are both assholes on the ice. That is a really annoying playoff line. Very, very, very annoying playoff line. They were teammates. And if you look at Sam Bennett's stats when he plays with with Matthew Tuchuk, they're insane. So they're going to probably pair those guys up. You're going to have Verhage Barkov on the top line, and they'll probably mix in uh, one of either the new signings, who I think will pop, uh, or put in Denisenko on line one and have the Rook play play with Barkov all year because he's incredibly talented. So what about the, uh, I just have a Lusteron and a Lundell? They, they still have starting spots? Lundell, Lundell was in the was in the uh, Calder Trophy voting. He was a rookie last year, twenty year old rookie last year, but he got injured towards the end. I think he met he he missed like nine straight games or something like that, uh, like half a month or over half a month. And I think that that took him out of the running. But he's incredible. He's incredible. Like I would not trade Anton Lundell tomorrow. He is really really. He's a baby Barkov. He's yeah. What I, what I meant good. by that, it, it's funny. But I, I was doing NHL lines on the video game, and I'm like, do they have to put Lusterine in on a wing? Because oh, no. not, maybe he's fourth line center if Lundell's third line center with Bennett. Well, Lusterinen, Luster, Lusterinen, and Lundell down. Like if you're, you're if you're down the middle of Barkov, Lund, uh, Barkov, Bennett, Lundell, Lusterinen. I mean, we we have not had a center issue for a long time. Centers have been good. Centers have been really, really good. Really, right now you're looking to catch a little bit of lightning in the bottle. I think Marchment leaving is going to hurt, but he's another. Like this is a this is just a, it, it's it shows you what Bill Zito can do, right? Bill Zito is a guy that he's got he's he's got an incredible eye for talent. The the Panther scouting department is really 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 good, and this Rudolph's Balsers, this Nick Cousins, which that's another guy that goes into the bottom six, maybe line four plays with Lomberg. That's a line that you don't want to play against in the playoffs, or like you just want to roll out there and go get your hands dirty and go out and play like that. Like then you got Rudolph's Balsers, who I think is a perfect guy to slot on line three with with Lusterine. And he and is then a, you got White too, right? Colin White. You got Colin yeah. White. I mean, I, I think that they made some really good depth signings to to supplement the losses of Mason Marchment, Claude Giroux. Then you got Matthew Tuchuk, who's an incredible player. I actually like this roster as is 
more than last year's roster going in the playoffs. Why? Because I saw last year's offense going in the playoffs with a bunch of guys that if they can't score, you are not going to see them on the ice. Cousins, Balsers, obviously to Chuck, of course to Chuck, Colin White, they can hit, they can play defense. That is a hard team to play against. And they sell out. Look at their defensive numbers. They are very solid, smart defensive players. That's what we needed. The Panthers will always score, but they need guys to block shots. And you know what? I can guarantee you Zito was looking at this prior to the Tuchuk trade and was like, we're not going to be able to afford Huberto and Uyghur in a year. They're going to want big money. I can't afford to lose them. Look what just happened with Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey just is like, I'm not signing with Calgary. See ya. They don't get anything. At least to Chuck had the decency of saying, I'm not signing long-term here. Guys, you're going to need to find me a home. This is where I want to go. Like running the risk of Huberto, you know, like next year we fizzle out in round two again, or God yeah, forbid round just, one. Nothing. Huberto, I don't think he, like from what I know, he never wanted to leave South Florida. Like uh, we have, we, my dad has some friends that worked with the Panthers and Apparently, he always wanted to stay down here, loved it down here, or down in South Florida. Who wouldn't, okay? But who knows? Uyghur's like, hey, look, you know, I'm going to test the market. And then Ottawa comes around, which is where he's from, and they're like, we'll give you eight and a half, like, in, you know, eight years, right? Like, that's a huge ticket. Florida can't afford that and want to win the cup, right? Like, I love Uyghur. I think he's a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. He's had Norris votes two years in a row. But, like I understand Zito saying I can't I can't risk this and I and you're telling me that Matthew Tuchuk is looking at the Panthers and puts them on the short list. When has the Florida Panthers ever been on the short list for these superstars? Claude oh, yeah. Giroux last year was like it's Panthers or Avalanche. I'll make my pick. That's craziness. Tuchuk is like Panthers, Blues, or whatever. That's insane. So honestly, Zito's like, you know what? Huberto didn't show up in the playoffs last year, and Weger made mistake after mistake. Trade him. Calgary, good luck locking them up and 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 enjoy. They're both turning 30. Like, love those players, but seven to eight years later from now, or even three or four years in, you're going to be like, damn, like we got five or six more years of these guys, and if we don't have anything to show, that's a lot of money to be giving them. Huberto deserved that contract 100%. Incredible player. But when you get to 33 and 34 and 35, and you're not the fastest guy on the ice, you're not the most skilled guy on the ice anymore. What can you bring to the game, John? Jonathan Hubert, like what? What do you get? What do you bring to the game? I don't know. So I love the trade. I love the trade personally. I think it's a much deeper team. And you know, Jacob, from your Rangers, they hit hard in the playoffs. They were a very tough team to play. That is what got them so far. You watch Jacob Truba. You watch. You watch Ryan Reeves. Those well, yeah, I mean it. Were, lightning rod electric yeah. right yeah no and not only that but i mean you get a guy in vincent trochuk who you wouldn't normally think is a physical guy but he's damn he's sure a rat he's, he's a rat he's, a rat, he's like just only, like brad marchand yeah, not only that but yeah he, he's a rat but he's more of a rat than ryan strome and so ryan strome that whole season like do we bring him back there was such chemistry between similar to you guys with huberto and barkoff with that chemistry strome and panarin panarin's like that's my center he doesn't play with Mika Zibanejad on his wing. Uh, it's always Kreider and Zibanejad. And so Trocek being brought in, that's a chemistry thing. And the Rangers said to themselves too, we need a more physical guy in the middle on the number two line. And not only that, but Barkley Goudreau last year, physical presence that they got. Now they're going to have Sammy Blay, who was injured all last year, coming back, making his Rangers debut this season. They bring in a Ryan Carpenter from Calgary to be fourth line center. So all these moves that they make, they have that grit that you talk about. And not only that, but Vitaly Kraftsoff, six foot three, 225 pound prospect. 
Looks like he's finally going to get in there. They have Will Cooley, six foot four, six foot five, left winger in the OHL that scored 40 plus goals that can make the team this year. So you look up and down, and that does seem to be the blueprint. You got to have physical scorers, not just physical guys that are physical guys, but physical scorers. And that's a big thing. And and Chris Kreider, look at him last year. I've watched Chris Kreider for the last incredible year. Kreider was awesome last year. And what I love about Kreider, sorry to cut you off, but what I love about Kreider is when you look at him on the ice, he does not fuck around. He means business. He looks at every, like, I, like that dude looks scary. That dude looks scary. And you know damn well that he has those incredible snipes, crazy long, long range slap shots in him. But then he also is going to get to the front of the net and you're not going to be able to bully him out of the way. And he's going to get that puck in the back of the net. I, I really like Chris Kreider. Yeah, and, and what's amazing about him is for the first decade of his career, every game my dad and I are watching him, if this guy just used his size, if he just hit people in the corners, if he just did this, if he just did that, and last year was like that first year where he did just what you said. You can't move him out in front of the net. He's going to be dirty. He's going to hit people. And he finally figured that out in like year 10, and it's benefiting the Rangers heavily. Another big thing with the Rangers is Jacob Truba, now the captain, of the team they have not had a captain since ryan mcdonough so ryan so in the span of the rangers not having a captain their former captain won two stanley cups so that long decision making process for the rangers but they now have their captain in jacob truba as well yep and uh, like what well, i'll just say this to to end off the my nhl commentary um i think the panthers and the rangers are probably the most well-positioned teams in the um eastern conference very young good talent. Lafreniere, I think last year in the playoffs and on that kid line is what they called it. I think that was incredibly valuable experience and he clearly showed you, okay, yeah, this is why this guy was a top pick. I think he's going to take a huge leap next year and be a 75 to 80 plus point guy. I don't know what he finished with this year. I don't think it was anything insane or anything too special, but I think that that playoffs last year, it was, it was his coming out party, which was good. Uh, Kako, I, I think a little bit of that, like on a lesser scale than Lafreniere, but again, I think that those guys keep them together together next year and give them a little bit more ice time, maybe two or three more minutes a game. And you know, like that they're going to be really balanced, really leveled out. So, and then, yeah, you add in Trocek. So, and you know, Trocek's very familiar with Frank Vetrano. Did Frank Vetrano stay with the Rangers? Or no. So uh, Vetrano and Strom went to the ducks. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So look, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the Rangers are well positioned and I think the Panthers are too. And I think what the, what the Panthers learned from the Rangers was, all right. Well, we got out. We got out muscled by the Capitals, but we we were able to pass them on pure talent alone. There's a bunch of grandpas over in Washington. You know, we'll skate circles around them and score. We could still do that, right? We get to the Lightning and they're like, all right, they can skate with us, and they're more physical than us. Sheesh, we just got swept. Then you watch the Lightning and the Rangers series. The Rangers take a quick 2-0 commanding lead, and you could tell that the Rangers could match Lightning's physicality, and they did not seem phased. So I think the I think the Panthers and Bill Zito learned a ton from that series with the uh with the the Rangers Lightning series. So I guess what I want to say is I would love nothing more than the Panthers and the Rangers to meet in the in the in the playoffs next year. I think a couple teams take a step back. I think that I think you see the Lightning taking a little bit of a step back next year. Not 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 like they're not going to make the playoffs. Lightning are gonna make they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, but they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. But I think that the Lightning might lose next year, like for the first time prior to the Stanley Cup. I, I I don't think that they go back to the Stanley Cup next year. I actually don't think they go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. That team's got a lot of miles on them. They've played a ton, they've played the most hockey in the NHL. It's time. I mean, it's I, time I for them the to just 
they have a year where they lose round one or round two. I mean, they were a goal away from losing round one last year to the Maple Leafs. So I think that the Eastern Conference currently runs through these four teams. The the in no particular order. Rangers, Panthers, Lightning, and the Maple Leafs, in my honest opinion. I mean, I don't like the Maple Leafs. I hate them. I hate their fans. They're a ridiculous fan base. But unfortunately, that roster is great. It's only a matter of time for them to get out of round one. And once they get out of round one, you do not want to be that team that they play in round two. You don't. Because that freaking city and team will be electric. I will say, though, they took a step back in goaltending going from Jack Campbell went to Edmonton. Finally, Edmonton got their goalie. But now you have Vanacek. No, it's not Vanacek. It's the other uh, Washington. It's it's Samsonov and Matt Murray. I don't like that. It's a it's like a platoon. It's a really weird. It's like a it's like one of those. Not to equate it to like catchers in baseball. It's like you got these two guys that are like they can hit. They're good <laughs> defensively, but do I feel great? with them back there do they have an arm that's going to laser somebody out not really but we're not going to lose because of them i guess those are that that's kind of how i view the goalie situation because they also don't have some elite defense right so but it's just the problem is is that offense is so damn good that you know like i can talk hockey all day but like i'm just i think that the division or the the conference runs through those four teams i think that you will see those four teams in the playoffs again next year uh and they'll be most likely near the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah. Penguins take a step back big time next year, in my opinion. I think the Hurricanes uh, do. Hurricanes, I believe, take a step back. I don't think that they got better this this offseason. I think they either stayed the same or even maybe regressed a little bit. Down I mean, dude, they, they traded for Pacioretty. He's out six plus months. Yeah, so they, they, got, they got worse. And then... Um, but I still think they make the playoffs because the Eastern Conference yeah. outside of the top eight teams, there's maybe one other team that might be the odd man out, but like the bottom half is bad. And then, hey, you got to think about it this way. The Blue Jackets got better. And <laughs> I, I think better. Detroit and Ottawa are a little bit ahead of Columbus. Yeah, they probably are. I think Detroit is really well positioned for the for the later future, not this year. I think this year they will be in the playoff race with a week or two out, they'll be like, okay, we can still do this. Right. And I think that they might end up being buyers at the deadline because they're going to be in that mix. Ottawa. I actually, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to even give, they were so bad last year that I, I can't, I, I can't give them any credit until I see it. They made some splashy moves, but yeah, I think that the, the Eastern conference runs through the four teams that I mentioned. And I think that the, let's just say the original teams, the penguins and the Bruins, take a big step back next year. I think the Rangers win that division comfortably. And then you go on and then it's going to be one of the Maple Leafs lightning or the Panthers. And then, like I said, so that's what I got to say, but the NHL is in a really good spot marketing wise, because you have a lot of superstars and you have a lot of parody in the league. Anybody can win it. I agree. NHL has never been in a better spot and the ESPN stuff, nothing better has happened in the NHL than the cup being on ABC, ESPN and TNT next year. So that'll do it for this pod. We went through the NFC and the AFC. We went through the NHL. We did not get into Major League Baseball. That's for Steve Cashin and I on tomorrow's episode of Strictly Sports. We're going to be recording it tomorrow, uploading it the next day. We'll get into all the trade deadline stuff and the playoff wildcard races as the season comes to a close. And, of course, I have to give my Yankee rant of the pod. So we'll have that tomorrow for you guys. You can check these out on any podcast platform, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. We're also on Podbean now. We still haven't gotten that website up. I know I've been teasing it for probably eight months now, but uh, we got to get that going a little bit sooner. 
Um, being in Forest City took away my time a little bit for that, but we're planning stuff for the Podbean website. The link for that will be in the description below. You can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. For CJ Uri, I am Jacob Brown, and we'll see you tomorrow for Strictly Baseball. See you.